0: The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out Destroying the media lives and dismantling the narratives One story at a time It's the Adrian Slate Show
1: So on Monday, August 30th, there was a lot of things that happened um, with Afghanistan. And I've got a couple other topics that I want to touch on. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Because there's a lot of multiple things happening all at the same time that uh, are just just examples of how our republic has just fallen apart. Um, First off, Afghanistan, which is insane. So two separate headlines. The first one... NBC News special report, U.S. has completed efforts to evacuate remaining civilians and troops from Afghanistan, the Pentagon says. Follow it up from uh, from this one. All U.S. troops have been departed from Afghanistan, according to the Department of Defense, concluding America's military ground presence there and its longest war. And then CNN, the last u s. military planes have left Afghanistan making a fraught, chaotic and bloody exit from the longest war in u s history. Now, it may be the longest war, but it's definitely not the bloodiest because uh it's only you know, thousands of troops as opposed to, say, World War II, World War I. But the fact that we just up and left the way we did, we talked about on the last podcast, there is an element to all of this that's really interesting, the element of government contractors and NGOs, non-governmental organizations, swooping in and taking control of the situation after the Taliban was beaten back immediately after we attacked Afghanistan following World Trade Center's uh, collapse. Um, These contractors and non-governmental organizations swooped in and took control of the situation and profited off of it. And now... We drop off tons of money. We leave behind tons of ammunition, tons of weapons, tons of military Humvees and Black Hawk helicopters. They are flying people and hanging them from the bottom of their helicopters. They're executing them, hanging them while they fly and filming it, which makes you wonder. Yeah, ISIS is really good with propaganda. I guess the Taliban's good with with propaganda. Is the Chinese involved in this too? Because China has struck a deal with the Afghanis with the Taliban months before. They were photographed. And China stands to get the rare earth minerals that they can use for our electric cars. China will become the new Saudi Arabia. That's the point of all of this. They're moving from the oil dependency upon Saudi Arabia, which has made them rich over to China. China doesn't have to adhere to any environmental regulations. They can pop up coal plants every other week. Look at what they're doing with, uh, with the mining of lithium for electric batteries that we'll use in our electric cars to which some car manufacturers are saying within the next few years, they're not going to make any with combustible engines. That's pretty interesting. So we have them flying our helicopters, hanging people (laughs) from the bottom of it, and not just hanging on. I'm talking like asphyxiation, you know, noose from the bottom of the helicopter, flying around, shoving it in our face. We have officially left all the way, and there's video footage of uh, Kabul Airport is overrun by the Taliban. They have it 100% under control, and they're examining the remaining helicopters we left behind. Why is all this happening? Now, Laura Logan, who is a reporter, I think she was with Washington Post for a period of time. She's a really good investigative reporter, nonpartisan, doesn't pick sides. She interviewed the vice president of Afghanistan at the time when it was somewhat stable and listened to them confirm what we said last time on the podcast about the non-governmental organizations and the contractors coming in and taking an advantage of afghanistan
0: the area in which the american public has been deceived is how america has spent a lot of blood and treasure for afghanistan the truth is that a lot of the treasure has been spent on maintaining americans in afghanistan uh, most of the money has not gone to afghans it has gone to uh, american contractors once the mission started being enlarged then it became like a business. And then all kinds of non-governmental organizations showed up engaging in uh, philosophical and ideological battles, which I respect, but which were not necessarily connected to the war effort. And the third area in which the Americans were deceived was that a peace process was taking place, whereas the United States was negotiating only the withdrawal of its troops with the Taliban.
1: Well, there it is right there. If you listened to the last podcast and you said, oh, man, Mr. Slade, Adrian, you are just insane. You are a conspiracy theorist. Uh, You are Alex Jones. They're putting fluoride in the freaking water, making the frogs gay. No, we're not to that level. We actually had confirmation of this, but then to watch that special with Lauren Logan, I think it's on, like, Fox Nation, the vice president confirms it. Now, we did say that the Mujahideen is the one organization remaining in, the ta- in the, uh, Afghanistan that can take the Taliban out, and they're in the Panjar Valley. Well, while uh, Karzai, the president of Afghanistan, hightailed it off to Pakistan, the vice president is joining the Mujahideen. Now, remember, this is the organization that we supported to fight the Soviets in 1979 against uh, in, in the war in Afghanistan back then. So... Uh, I think there's going to be pretty much a big battle going on there. So that's one thing we have hopeful outside of people being hung from helicopters and people like uh, Afghani uh, Olympic soccer, soccer players falling from uh, rescue uh, jets. But what was the reason behind all this? Why did they just pull out the way that they did? It didn't make any sense. The only thing I can think of is you had four years of a president you didn't think was going to get into office. I didn't think he was going to win. Donald Trump swoops in, and the military high brass was nervous. They tried to oust him. H.R. McMaster, Mad Dog Mattis, the, the uh, chief of staff, always, this, the, you know, uh, J- uh, Kelly, um, chief of staff Kelly. You had Rex Tillerson and Jeff Sessions and, you know, all the anybody that was regarded to be in the position of the secretary of state outside of Whitaker, I think, who took over for a period of time as an intern, um, they all were against Trump. What was it that they were hiding? Was it the non-governmental organizations that they may have been involved with, along with the government contractors that some of the other military people were involved with? And they were all bankrolling off of a 20 year long war, along with poppy harvesting that ended up being a part of the opioid Dependency that we see in the in, in the United States since the early 2000s, I don't know, maybe, but it makes me wonder: Did they get the election results that they wanted to where they pulled Joe Biden in because Biden has strong ties with China and Biden uh, Barisma would have a hand in the pipeline and in some of the energy efforts that Afghanistan could be involved with, and then. As soon as he gets into office, they make plans to roll out. And then when they do roll out, they just yank everybody out. I mean, look at what they left behind. I mean, you know, was the Biden administration's plan to pull out of Afghanistan to cover up their nefarious dealings over the last 20 years, leave it for China to plunder and exploit, and then also arm the Taliban in order to maintain the cover up? I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't they offer? Why why would they offer up the American translators? They're saying the Taliban is cutting their tongues out. What is it that they know? What did they have to translate that they know that they now have to be left for dead for? Why did we leave arms to an enemy and are now taking their advice? We're taking the advice of the Taliban. We gave up biometrics and we gave them information on people that needed to be rescued only to have those people on a death list that they were going to be executed. I mean, instantly arm the Taliban, give them the names of our interpreters and biometrics of our allies and then allow them to take Americans hostage? And we're taking cues from the Taliban? And can we even confirm that the Corazon group of ISIS is even there? I mean, we knew they were in Syria. We knew they were in Iraq. I don't know if they're in Afghanistan, but we have to take their word for it as they video game our response. We didn't come through with a strong military response to say, okay, Taliban, you overstepped your bounds. We're going to take you out with military airstrikes. Nah, we're just taking a little video game drone. It looks like a bomber. It's big, like a bomber. It can still make devastating hits, but we're not coming in full blazing. We're just dropping a bomb here and there, taking out a family and saying, Oh, it's ISIS K planners. And, uh, explosives when we find out we just drone struck a bunch of trucks with, with children in them. I mean, not only did we install a president, we also reinstalled ISIS, Taliban, and Al Qaeda. Listen to this. Bin Laden's Al Qaeda security chief back in Afghanistan video shows. So we have Bin Laden's security chief. We've got Al Qaeda reemerging. We've got the heads of the Taliban that we traded for Bo Bergdahl, that they said, oh, they won't be back on the battlefield. Back on the battlefield, running the show. And we've got ISIS. It's like the Trump administration never existed. This is what we're dealing with, with the dementia-ridden Biden administration. The only thing I can think of is the State Department's heading this up. Civil Society 2.0, go Google that, is where they tried to reorganize the Middle East by uh organizing through social media, back channels, telegram. Twitter, uh, direct message groups, individual revolutionary groups like the Taliban, like they did in the Ukraine, like they did in Syria with the free Syrian army turned out to be Al Qaeda. They still couldn't pull it off by removing Assad, but they did remove Gaddafi and gave us Benghazi. What are they doing? And what's going to come to light that we're going to see one day down the road and we go, I can't believe our government did this behind our back. Back in a moment.
0: This is Adrian Slade.
1: The worst capitulation of Western values in in our lifetimes. You left behind. I I went to Afghanistan. I arrived a couple of weeks ago. It was a republic, backed by the United States, backed by the West. Now it is an emerging Islamic emirate trying to find its way. Yeah, we go from a republic to a caliphate within a couple weeks. You know, because that's what happens when you get a Democrat president. I've said this before in the past. You get the PLO under. Jimmy Carter back in the 70s. You get the Shah removed and replaced with the Ayatollah for Iran. Then you get Al-Qaeda rolling around. You get Al-Qaeda during Clinton's term with Bosnia and Serbia and Kosovo and what have you. And then you turn around and you get ISIS and you get al-Nusra in Syria, which is the al-Qaeda wing under Bar- uh, Barack Obama. And now under Biden, we've got al-Qaeda coming back. We've got ISIS coming back, the Corazon group of ISIS. And now the Taliban is in full control. In fact, Jen Psaki says we can leverage our global access to the marketplace as a way of stopping them to stop the taliban two subjects first on afghanistan the president said that any additional evacuations will go through diplomatic channels and that the united states has leverage over the taliban can you tell us what those channels look like Mm -hmm. and what kind of leverage the united states has
2: absolutely well first I would say uh, I would point you to the remarks that the Secretary of State provided last night, but let me give you some highlights of that. Uh, we have enormous leverage over the Taliban, including access to the global marketplace. That's not a small uh, it's not, not a small piece of leverage. <laughs> really?
1: Well, you know, we have access to the global marketplace. that's leverage. They have 83 billion in our weaponry. That's leverage. unless of course, You're not looking at it from a place of America's standing. You're looking at it from a place of globalist standing, which I think she's saying that without truly saying it. Remember a podcast before a couple podcasts back, we actually played the clip of where she's talking about how the Taliban, you know, they need to think about how they're going to be seen in the global community. What does that mean? That means they're setting up the global community as we speak. That's why this, Complete collapse of Afghanistan was to happen to cover up their nefarious dealings with non-governmental organizations and uh, cover ups for contractors making off like bandits, but also to set up the next phase, which is to bring down America's superpower status and bring up all of the other elements within the world so that we can just comport ourselves into the new great reset United Nations of Davos. Um Listen to John Kirby talk about us leaving behind Americans in Afghanistan. So what does that look like? How does diplomacy get those people out of the Taliban controlled Afghanistan? It's not completely unlike the way we do it elsewhere around the world. I mean, we have uh, Americans that get stranded in in, uh, in countries all the time. Ah, they get stranded all the time. We leave people everywhere. (laughs) But wait a minute. I thought Joe Biden ran on making sure no one's left behind
0: the stories of these people for the public to understand that this is not just a statistic this is this is this is who who we are who they are i mean it's a and it really is about you know sort of reweaving that social fabric that holds a society together honesty decency hope Leaving nobody behind, giving hate no safe harbor. We don't always live up to them. That's that, that's who we are. That's who we are. And it's the thing that holds us together. And uh, and I don't see much of it coming from the far right and the bright parts of the world and uh, and and this administration. It's uh it's the uniqueness of America.
1: Oh yeah, no one's left behind. Except for our interpreters, our weaponry, $83 billion. We got loads of cash, pallets of cash. By the way, for the next uh, Joe Biden presidential address that will be filled with incoherent ramblings and things that you can't make out in lots of uh, bizarre words, we've got a Biden translator to help you make it through The gobbledygook of old corn pop.
2: Boys and girls, today I am going to teach you how to speak Bidenese. I'm going to teach you a few words and then we'll get the proper pronunciation and context from the master himself, President Joe Biden. The first word I'm going to teach you today is nexnelsrent.
0: Nexnelsrent. President Biden
2: will now demonstrate this word for us.
0: Donald Trump does pose an existential strength to this. The It's not hypothetical. It's not hypothetical.
2: Next, no strength.
0: Okay, the next word we've
2: got is bad a kef care. Bad a kef care. Say it. Try it. Bad a kef care. President Biden. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have bad a kef care. Next. My bus been wet. Now, the... A common error on this one is people put the stress on the wrong syllable. It's not, my bus been wet. It's not, my bus been wet. It's, my bus been wet. Say it. My bus been wet.
0: My bus been wet.
2: Next, we have a word that's that's much simpler. Palmist. Palmist. Can you say palmist? President Biden, palmist.
0: And if we do... And I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words.
2: All right, now that you've got four words in the bag, we're going to move on to a really complex Bidenese word. Do you think you're ready for it? You're going to really have to pay attention here. Uh, This is sort of advanced level Bidenese. Very long word, okay? This is what it is. It's a very long word. Are you ready? True under dash double depression. True under dash double depression. One word. One word. True under dash double depression. Say it a little more quickly. True under dash double depression. True under dash depression. President Biden, go. I'll lead an effective
0: strategy to mobilize true under dash double depression. True under dash double depression.
1: <laughs> it's freaking awesome and dead on the money. This guy nailed it. But anyways, um, you know what else was left behind? Freaking service dogs. Freaking service dogs were left behind. And they're just, you know, luckily there's a contractor there that's keeping them fed. Um, yeah, they were just going to open up the uh, crates, you know, open up the dog kennels, let them run, let them loose in Afghanistan. Have a good one, Fido you know hope you hope you uh make it alive past a week and a half i mean what kind of uh wildlife are you going to run into there in afghanistan i don't know i don't think it's going to work out too well for you you know <laughs> red rover is not coming over the hills of uh kabul um he's going to be left to die and apparently uh there's an operation going on called operation hercules um this is the update A couple small animal rescue. And the past past week has been incredibly intense and increasingly difficult. Your support and patience as our team has navigated obstacle after obstacle, challenge after challenge, has been immense. You've seen a lot of things change, and we promise you that there is literally thousands of other things changes, uh, other changes that we've never talked about. When we say that things have changed every time the wind blew, we meant it. And you all answered the call every single time we put it out. Helped us move mountains and get ears of the powerful people that could help us when the, when the night was dark. You have all called us heroes in the, on this platform. But as we all say, the magic is caring. And you all cared so much deeply. You're the real heroes. We could not evacuate the rescue dogs. The Department of Defense made a policy decision. And we were not only... The, the, we weren't the only organization affected. We assured you our ability, or inability to get these dogs out was not for lack of trying. Over the course of the last week, there were many charter flights booked, and every single one fell apart for any reason you can think of. It's infuriating. That was one of the organizations that was uh, working on getting these dogs out, but the dogs were left behind. But the craziest part about leaving dogs behind in Afghanistan. And this comes from the Red State, breaking CDC-issued ban to blame for dogs left behind in Afghanistan. As if you needed a reason to dislike the CDC even more, here's one for you. According to the SPCA International, a CDC-issued ban on the importation of animals from certain countries is what has been the primary barrier for the evacuation of animals from Afghanistan. The ban was placed earlier this year because of the rise of fraudulent rabies certificates that were being submitted with the importation request from more than 100 countries. Well, thank God we didn't let the Aussies in on this because Australia was killing dogs because of the fact that people might want to rescue them and that may contribute to those uh, going outside of their home that may have coronavirus. (laughs) completely insane. These people are insane because they don't care about American lives. They sit there and say that they do. They don't care. If you thought that they gave a crap about Americans in Afghanistan and their lives, as much as they care about the service dogs, um, just think about how much they cared about your small business during the pandemic. Just think about how, how much they cared about your elderly's uh, health. You know, maybe your grandmother and grandfather were stuck in a nursing home in in Michigan or New York to die. Oh, they didn't care about that. But they do think that your kids need to wear a mask so that they can attend school because other people might catch it and die. That's how they view this whole thing. They think that you're the walking uh, infection, that everybody's infected, and that if you come near me, then, you know, I, I might die. That's, that's, how they, that's how they put it. In fact, there was a teacher. that was That's actually what he said. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world. He said, I start every class with an ultrasound picture of my son due in October, pleading with my students to wear a mask as a personal favor to my family in small, at capacity classrooms. Only five of 45 of my students wore a mask. I'll never be able to look at this job in the same way. Seriously? So the assumption is everyone is, uh, has it. No one can be healthy and walking around. And that wearing a cloth on your face, that can't even stop the molecules that are larger than the coronavirus, including the smoke from the California wildfires. Because they said, the CDC actually said, oh, don't wear a mask. Smoke can go right through them. Well, the coronavirus particles are smaller than that. But, you know, having that mask on is going to save you from dying. Why don't you just stay home until it goes away? Let everyone else live life. Because you know what? They want to turn around and start passing vaccination passes. And I've got an issue with that because there a lot of businesses are trying to say, oh, you know, we need to pass vaccination requirements to come into the building. And there's a lot of people on the conservative side that go, well, you know, it's private business. They should be able to do whatever they want. And there's a little bit of truth to that. But there is a caveat. Because your Rights, you know, your rights end where the rights of others begin, and that can be the same, the same said for a corporation. A corporation's rights, because a corporation is nothing more than a, a legal entity, a legal person. Remember when Barack Obama was uh, running against Mitt Romney and he said, Corporations aren't people. No, the definition of corporation or cooperation is a legal entity that is recognized as its own autonomous being, its own person. Although there are people that have interest and have ownership portions of that corporation. So they are an individual. And their rights end when you start to demand other people to inject things into their body that may be harmful to them. That's where I go because a lot of people say, well, then you know what? You can just go get a job somewhere else. Can you? What happens if they all band together and they take a a blanket policy and implement it? You know, think of this here. It's 2040, the year 2040. Heroin becomes legal. And your boss is a giant junkie. He's a heroin addict. And he wants this laissez-faire culture. He wants to foster a company culture. Yeah, we're going to demand employees, you know, to shoot up. Maybe they sell the heroin and they want you to be, uh, you know, good at the product. They want you to know the product. And you go, oh, screw that. I don't need this job that badly. I'll go get a different job. But then you turn around and find out all the other jobs are demanding heroin shots, too. What do you do then? Because contrary to what Sanders and Warren believe about corporations being these evil empires, most of them including Robert Reich. Robert Reich actually put out a a tweet with a video saying, oh, these corporations, they do corporate philanthropy, but they're only doing it for PR. Really? They're all your buddies. Jeff Bezos owns Washington Post, owns Amazon, hires mostly uh, people that were in the Obama administration in his high uh, echelon positions. Bill Gates? Come on, he's a leftist. All these people, Mark Zuckerberg, they all give to the Democrats. And contrary to what Sanders and Warren believe, these entities are not some evil empires. They are individuals, but they cannot force their will upon you. If a corporation demands a healthy individual um, who on the face value is not a threat to anyone because they may or may not be carrying a virus, they're going to turn around and try to put their health at risk over possible side effects of pre-existing aversions that can be exacerbated by these mRNA therapeutics because they're not vaccinations, they're therapeutics. I mean, that's what HIPAA was designed for, to keep your privacy about your health. Remember in the AIDS epidemic, oh, well, we can't let anybody know whether or not you have AIDS because they might be discriminatory to you and they might not hire you because you might spread it to someone else, even though we don't know if you got it. HIPAA was designed to protect against that. Now we're going to flip that on its head and say, well, you know, it's this one virus and you're probably uh, carrying it, you know, no due process for you. Uh, you, We're already automatically going to assume that you are a carrier and we're just going to ban you unless you show your papers. You're opening up a Pandora's box. And, you know, to turn around and raise the cost of people's insurance based on that, that alone, I mean, that alone right there is levying punitive uh, damages upon an individual who, you know, like we did on that episode where we covered the drummer, former drummer of Face to Face, drummer of Offspring, who had health issues, decided he was going to leave. Go back and check out the podcast of of that. Um, Phil, I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he said, you know what, I I'm going to quit playing drums for the Offspring because... I could actually die from taking this drug and I don't want to take it because my doctor said I probably shouldn't. There's a lot of people out there like that. You can't make blanket uh, assumptions and blanket mandates and impose vaccinations upon people. Just like we can't just impose liberty upon the Sharia law loving Afghanis. But then at the same time, if you're going to go in there to battle, you take them out. You don't allow government organizations or non-government organizations and contractors to come in and exploit it. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Check out the podcast iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, iHeart. Tune in. Uh, Spotify. You can also get it in the Roku channel. Search Adrian Slade Show in the Roku streaming store. And you can also help financially support the show. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. God bless. We'll see you guys next time.